Well, hello there, mama. I know it's been a couple of weeks since I released a podcast, but I hope this podcast finds you well. It's been a really busy couple of weeks. We welcomed a whole bunch of new members into the Working Mama Village. Yes, launches are and promos are busy, but they're full of excitement. And now I'm just in the process of doing a lot of the introductory calls. That's what we do in the Working Mama Village of 30-minute you know, catch up and just get to know you. And, and I always find those conversations so good to actually meet the people, meet the members, get to know them a little bit more. The Working Mama Village is always open. So if you want to join, I'll put the link in the show notes. You're more than welcome to join at any stage. Now on to today's podcast. I am speaking with the delightful, the lovely Emma Lovell. I have to say this podcast, we're both got a number of podcasts under our belt. We went in pretty much just talking about personal brand and the conversation went off in so many different tangents. For example, how she manages her business and her approach to motherhood and also having a business. Of course, personal branding, but also about how her husband had postnatal depression. It's something that you don't often hear about, but Emma speaks so openly and so raw about it that you really hope that uh, other people, this gives the permission so others can also do so. Um, definitely as well about being the identity shift. And so this episode is absolutely jam-packed, so much goodness, and at the end of it, we both have a challenge for you and we want to remind you, Mama, that you are amazing. So throughout this episode, you know, take a screenshot of what you're watching or where you're watching or take a photo of you and then also remind yourself that you are amazing. But then also next step, we want you to text a friend to remind her that you're that she's also amazing as well, because you know what? We actually don't tell each other enough that we're amazing, that you're doing a great job. Give the pat on the back to a fellow mum of saying, yeah, I know you've been in the trenches recently. Maybe you've been sick or family's been sick, COVID, there's so much going around. But you know what? They just need a friendly reminder. You're actually pretty good. You're doing great. And you know what? Don't try and be this Instagram perfect mum because everyone has their down moments, but everyone's amazing. So look, I absolutely genuinely enjoyed my chat with Emma. It was actually quite a few people that said you two really need to talk and I'm so glad we did. It's honestly such a fun episode that went in so many different tangents but ultimately really raw and honest about motherhood, life and how we still want to keep our identity even though we are a mum. A mum is a part of our puzzle of our lives. So let's jump in and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome Emma, welcome to the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going? Oh, it's fabulous. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. I must say, yeah, full disclosure, Working Mama do the juggle today with the, I'm in Sydney, I live in the Gold Coast and I had two grandfathers here, my husband's dad, my dad, you know, coordinating and, you know, I've got to do an hour of this, I've got a group coaching call, then you take my son for an hour, then I'll take him for a walk. So it was, yeah, it was the full working mama 
spectrum today. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, very scheduled to know who's doing what and then then being clear in communication with everyone around. Yeah, it's like, you know, my dad's like, oh, you arranged for him to come first in the morning? And I was like, yes, I did because I didn't know how my sleep would go and I've got things to do because I have to leave the house at two. So, yes, he is out. You are, and you're back on it this time. I was like, you got it? You good? You ready? Yeah. You have to really confirm the plans, don't you? Because I'm like, this isn't a like, oh, yeah, I'll sort of be around. I'm like, you're on because I'm on work. Yeah, and at this time, particularly when work's involved. (laughs) I have learned. Yes. Emma, how would you best describe yourself? Ooh, I love this one because I actually get my clients to work on this. If you've never met me before, I am passionate, professional, and lovely. Uh, My lovely is with two L's. L-O-B-E-L-L-Y because my surname is Lovell and uh, I'm lovely by name and lovely by nature. Oh, well said. <laughs> you actually may do pitch coaching, shouldn't you? <laughs> uh, I, do, I do help people a little bit with that, but uh, also somebody, I did actually do a personal branding workshop years ago. As you know, I participated in one and they, someone else said double the L means double the life. And I was like taking that. <laughs> Ooh, I that's live, a good one. I do live to the max. So the whole, yeah. As you can hear from my very quickly from my day, I do have a very full life. I don't like the word busy. I have a very full life. (laughs) Yes. Well scheduled, well organized by the sounds of it. Mm. (laughs) And so what's been your mum and career journey to get you where you are today? Yeah, it's been such an interesting one. Like had you asked me, so my son is 13 months. So had you asked me 18 months ago, you would have heard very different conversation. I was very vocal about the fact that I did not enjoy pregnancy. I would go so far as to use the word hate, but I wanted my son. So I like, you know, take a work term. I enjoy the outcome. I did not enjoy the process. And I was always very Not everyone enjoys pregnancy? No, but you know, it's like, it's, I think that as I like exercise, you know, I know I have to do the exercise in order to feel good and be healthy and to, you know, fit the clothes that I want to wear. So you don't have to enjoy the process to enjoy the outcome. And that was very much the case for me. But I have run my business. I'm in my 13th year of business. So I think there's quite a working mother. Well, women who run businesses who are mothers is a sort of a niche group. But I had a conversation with a friend and there's another sort of category that's the woman who already runs a business and then becomes a mother as opposed to I now have kids. I want flexibility. I'm going to start a business. And for me, what that turned into was this real fear about losing my identity, losing my mind, quite frankly, like just my <laughs> mind going to mush, being pigeonholed as a mum and just being put into that box by society. And I, I loved my business. I loved, loved, I still love, I love my business. I love the work that I do. I've run, you know, run it since uni. I haven't really worked for anyone else apart from contract stuff. So you know, the thought of losing that, even though I know I might be a bit, I was being a bit catastrophic. <laughs> it was really scary. And so that was my journey to motherhood. And then I was one of those people who, as soon as he came out, it was like a, a switch. I was surprised and delighted and shocked, quite frankly, by the depth of my love, by the instantaneousness of my love and by how quickly I, I have the focus and the you know, my prioritizing has come to him. And you know, we've been very fortunate. He's he's really fit in with us. He does go along with the flow. He's a very content boy, which is wonderful. 
And yeah, I started back work at four and a half months. And um, when he was four and a half months, childcare, and I've had a lot of support, which is fantastic. But I have also, something we mentioned before we started was I have asked for help. I'm very clear. I was very aware that I could not do this on my own. It takes a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to raise a mother and to hold a mother. And I was- and to run a business. And to run a business. You need a village. You can't do it alone. I have amazing yeah, people. I wouldn't be where I am today without people who support me. You know, ultimately, buck stops me. It's my business, but you know, just can't run without all of the other support. So I was very clear on that. And um, I think that has been a big part of my journey, asking for, asking for support, getting that support and not feeling like, you know, I am his mother. That's very clear, but I don't have to be the one who's with him all the time or doing all the things to be his mother. And for him to see me working, he's come, I speak, he's come to a speaking gig. He's been on stage with me. He's come to conferences. He's come to retreats. I might take him to International Women's Day event. Like I can't wait to do that sort of stuff with him. So he's very much going to be a part of it and he's very much part of some people choose to not feature their children on their, you know, when they're talking about in the marketing or in their socials. I do because I'm quite open about my life and he's obviously a massive part of it. So, yeah, it's been a <laughs> real um, contrasting journey. Yeah, really uh, got, no, but like sort of polarised journey, but um, I'm really happy with where it, where it's taken me. It's interesting about what your thoughts are of when you become, when you're about to become a mum and then reality, it's often poles apart because you never actually realise. And I often say to people, it's like, there's so much focus on like the 48 hours of the birth, Mm. all these birth plans and things like that. But then sometimes people don't even think necessarily about, well, what way do I actually want the rest of my life to be and and things like that. And, you know, having kids is a massive impact on our lives in more ways that, you never actually you can imagine. Yeah. Oh. And I, I think that's something that, you know, although I went, as I said, quite catastrophic and quite really, I <laughs> maybe the reason I've enjoyed it so much and, and the reason it's been so surprising and delightful is that my bar was so very, very low. Like I had <laughs> very low expectations of what my child was going to be like. I just, I was expecting the worst. And, you know, I've had a lot of wonderful women who've shared openly and honestly about their journeys. So I did know that it can be really tough, but I did expect it to be more the baby than, you know, I think one of the biggest surprises for me. And I do want to talk more about it. It's coming up in private conversations more. And I have posted publicly and I did a, actually did a podcast episode on my lovely travels podcast about my birth journey but my husband suffered postnatal and not me, not at all. And everyone's eyes were on me. I have a history of depression, anxiety. I hated the pregnancy. Everyone was like watching. And then that just blindsided me and and everyone around us. And, you know, I think the relationships probably and that, you know, I was like, the baby's fine. It's, it's our relationship. It's the negotiating, it's the organizing, it's the managing of family. It's the, you know, it's, it's all that stuff that, that for me, that was the harder part. Like me and the baby oh. and, and the childcare, we're good. Childcare, yeah. baby, work, good. If that was just <laughs> running, we'd be fine. But it's all the, oh. I mean, I'm, I'm really simplifying, but, you know, honestly, the relationships and my main, you know, partner relationship with my husband, uh, that's been the most difficult. And I don't think that's discussed enough. Oh, I don't think it is as well. And I, you know, it's even, I think my probably, you know, it, 
my husband and I definitely have had more arguments since kids and just the way that they trigger us in different ways. And then you take it out, obviously, as well, sometimes in the ones that you love the most. And it's hard because, you know, even as we speak, we're trying to, I'm trying to get my three and a half year old to sleep. And because he'd had a 10 minute nap right in the middle of the, <laughs> hour, like late in the afternoon, it's just coming back from his grandma's house, his nan's house. And we're just trying to get it back. It just, it's really triggering. And then, of course, you just explode and you're like, oh. But yeah, the relationship factor of how you both manage, you know, sleep deprivation, all the stress and things like that. And even the concentration that you have on your kids, it's often on them. And you used to direct 100% of your attention to your partner. And now it's 99% on your child and 1% on your husband. And it's the resentment. I think like, I think I read something like this woman's like the fury that she felt, the fury, like you can't imagine that you could have that. I mean, you know, the hormones and now you understand what you felt when you were a teenager. Like, I mean, I like I, like I smacked my hand against the wall, like I threw the remote down on the ground. And like, I remember doing that stuff as a teenager that just these, these uncontrollable rising in you. And a friend said today, she's got about a three month old. And she said, it's really made me think about the whole equality and feminism thing. And I, you know, we love our partners and it's funny once you've been through it and you talk to people after and they're talking about how, you know, you're trying to share about the relationship and then inequities and that sort of thing and trying to prep them, but you, you, you just can't. And then, um, you know, it's like, look, I hope this makes sense when you're having a really crap time in a couple of months time and you don't feel alone because I've shared with you. So you can't imagine now, but just, I hope my words come back to you as somebody else did for me. And so I didn't feel so alone, but she was like, yeah, the whole equality and feminism thing, it's it really, you see the injustices when you have a child. And someone said to me, it's like, no matter how equal you are, no matter how much they do, no matter how great they are. And, you know, I'm sure we both married good men, you know, like who, who are really progressive and, and supportive and all that. But the fact is with a baby, they need their mum, you know, and they want their mum and particularly if you're breastfeeding, you're the one that gets up at 2am in the morning and because you've got boobs. Yeah. And there's just that, that instinct too. I know that some women don't, you know, do have the postnatal struggle and things and don't have that connection as much, but generally majority of the time we have that instinct and that we can read their needs more. And so you're just thinking of them more you're more attentive to them and then it's just that it's that mental load that keeps coming up yeah. that cannot be it can never be equal and it's like there's just it can like it's like you could be 30 percent probably like 30 70 <laughs> it's just it, there's just a part of it that can never be taken away from you and that's hard and oh, yeah. that, carrying that and and the whole my friend said today a different friend I'm always talking to other mums it's lovely but uh you know saying about talking to her husband and having to like negotiate and sort of prep him and tell him that it's been five nights now I'm starting not to cope I know you're working full-time but I'm kind of working like not kind of she is working running a business too less time not full-time so she, that's and I'm like, that's not that's not a thing babe that's you are not functioning properly because you're running on minimal sleep and it's not safe actually. It's not, not okay. healthy. Yeah, there's it's so much. That, yeah. Like I said, I said to my husband a few times, like I shouldn't be driving a car today, let alone trying to care for an entire human. Like this is when silly things happen and it, we shouldn't have to justify the full-time work. Like it's just, 
you know, I'm sleep, I'm sleep deprived, I'm exhausted and I have a very important job, which is to care for a child, you know, so as well as oh. do all the other shit. Yes. <laughs> and particularly when you've got to work and you've only had three hours sleep the night before and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, you're, you've been up since crack of dawn, but you've still got to show up to work. You've still got to do everything else. And yes, it's definitely a juggle. And you're like, oh, you've been sleeping. Oh, yeah. It, the, the resentment. And I think as well, I think sometimes my husband and like, he has a physical, more physical job. And so sometimes I say to him, yes, I'm at home. Yes. I work from my office. Yes. I could like, you know, do stay in bed a little longer if my son goes to childcare, but it's like, I have to concentrate today. Not like I have to think, I have to be creative. I have to, and I just keep, I'm like, I don't know how to explain this in any more ways, but if I don't work, I don't make money. Yeah. <laughs> I have the business. If I'm not talking to people, the backstops me. Come. Yeah. And it's like, I don't get sick pay. I don't get holiday pay. This is a choice I've made. I love my business. But you can take a day off and you'll get paid. So I yep. just, just came back to that sometimes and I'm like, I need to be able to, you know, to build and to grow and that requires support. And I've, we've had some really good conversations about what support looks like. And he, you know, he's been good to say, well, how, what do you mean? Like, because physically he's doing things, but it's like, I need to have the space. Yeah, I need to have the encouragement I need to have the not pushback you know if I ask you to do something it's it's just not all the time but like you know it's like if I ask you to sort of I'm reaching out it's like say yes that just helps me so much to be to know that I have this container of support yeah so that then I can confidently go into my business and do what I need to do and you know, I said, my business is showing up for other people. I teach, I help people to show up as themselves and encourage them to do that. I've got to lead too. And I've got to do that too. And I can't show up if I'm falling apart. <laughs> can't even do the basics, you know? Yeah. And just quickly, how did you recognize that your husband had postnatal depression? Like I'm really lucky in that he told, well, no, he didn't know. I say it a bit rude, but he's acting like when he starts to act jerky, I know something's wrong. Like he just gets short with me or he's a bit switched off, you know, the, not so much passive aggressive, but he shuts. I can see him sort of not connecting as much. And yeah. I was even the second day in hospital and I said to him, and I was a bit tired, a bit hormonal, but I was like, just go home. Like he just looked morose and, you know, he was doing things. Like I said, he would, you know, he was changing the baby and he was feeding him and he was, he wanted to learn those things and he was doing it and he was holding him and it looked beautiful. But what well, the problem was that he wasn't feeling it. So he was doing all the things, but he wasn't feeling it. And then it got to like the fifth day. So my son had jaundice, which is quite stressful when you're in it. You just see your yeah. baby have anything. Everyone's like, they'll be fine. And it's like, well, when you're in it and you're a three day old baby that's been on your skin all the time gets taken away from you. It's pretty upsetting but we were also both relieved to have a bit of a rest. And then we got told we had to stay another day. Actually, for me, I wasn't recovering as I just was, yeah, needed an extra day. And he just was really upset about it and cranky about it. I said, I need, I need this. This is about me. Like we need the baby to be okay. But we need me to be okay. I'm not well. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And I just sort of pushed him, what's going on? What's going Like, tell me. And he broke down and just cried and I was like, you know, you, you know, you're scaring me now. Like, what's going yeah. on? 
And he just said, I'm, you know, I said, go home, like just go home. Like you obviously, you can go home. I can't, I need the hospital and it's a good thing for me. And he said, I'm worried that if I go home, I won't want to come back. And that just like. Wow. Does that sort of few alarm bells? Yep. I just had a, like basically had a panic attack after that. I was like, I my like just hyperventilating, like he's going to leave me, blah, blah, blah. It's just not great with words sometimes, but he was like, no, no, I love you. He just was like, I'm not connecting. I just feel like I don't want to come back. Like I don't miss him yet and all this sort of stuff. And he just wasn't feeling it. And, you know, I just quickly said to him, you know, one of my best friends, my, no, my very best friend had, took two weeks till she bonded with her child. And I was like, and she's the mother, you know, and it's normal Like you don't have to. And he sort of started comparing to me. I'm like, I'm a lunatic. Like I'm hormonal. I'm a really loved up person in general. I saw you already, like I'm like, besties with people from the first call I was like don't compare to me I'm I'm crazy so but you know as well I still love you but yeah it was all that stuff and and I just think for guys even after I've just said all that about him you know the there is a lot of expectation on them now that wasn't there years ago they are very much in it with us like he was in the hospital with me you know the whole time every time the baby wake up we're both waking up we're in it completely and if I had my time again, I would have really sent him home earlier, but I thought I I wanted him and needed him there. Mm. But then now knowing the nurses are there and everything, but, you know, and then the whole Instagram thing that happens for mums, that happens for dads too. They're seeing all these photos of all these loved up dads and they're supposed to be the dad straight away and know the baby and love the baby and but still go to work and still care for their wife and, you know, it'd still be manly, but, but cry at the baby. Like there's a lot going on for them. And, and what I got what was the hardest and what I'd love to see change is that once we realized there was a problem, had it been me, they would have sent someone straight up. They would have sent a psychologist or a counselor yeah. straight up. But because it was him, he had to leave the hospital, go to get a doctor, go to get a mental health plan, then book a psychologist appointment and stuff like that. And I was like, <gasps> I was furious. I was absolutely furious. I was like, what is the difference? We are both new parents. We both yeah. have a new child. We both have to live in this home. We both are in this together. And if I said, if he's not supported, I'm not supported. He's my rock. Like, if yeah, I don't you, have need, him, you need each other to raise. It's taken two to tango to make a baby and you need both of you working in tangent to, to actually get through it. You're recovering. He's there. And there's expectations sadly by society on both of you. Like it's like, right. The mother's maybe not functioning optimally. It falls to the husband and things like that with the partner. And yeah, but geez, that's so bad to hear that there's all these steps for him when really he just needs to speak to someone and get the help. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's what I have an amazing psychologist who I texted straight away. I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> like this just happened. And she just called me as, as a, a kind person to just, and as a mother herself, and just called me and was like, it's normal. They don't cope in hospitals. The men, you know, they, they, they do feel they can't help you as much and they feel really trapped and all that sort of stuff. Whereas you're fully focused on the baby and just really normalized it for me and offered to speak to him straight away. And I, I just kind of communicated what she was telling me, but you know, the biggest plus and the loveliest thing is that the fact that he trusted me enough to tell me honestly what he was experiencing and then trusted me. I do, I'm actually a corporate speaker for the Black Dog Institute. So who um, have a mission to contribute to a healthier, mentally healthier world. So I do have experience of my own, but then language around it, I guess. So I was able to ask him 
the right questions or whatever or yeah I would never be I was like you need to see someone professional but like I could talk to him and in that moment and did make it easier like there were times then when I was like where he was struggling I knew he was still struggling but it's like hey I'm over here like you know learning to be a mom taking care of a baby because one of the things that came up was like he needs to like have his needs met and I was like absolutely but hello <laughs> yeah. my needs met too and he'll go and then sometimes the sympathy does go a bit more that way and then it's hard because yeah it's all, all that stuff it's just it's just like I say, it's not just the baby. It, it's it's the relationship. It's the family. It's the the work. It's it's society. It's just not just you. <laughs> no. I know my husband also commented about like there's all these support like for mothers groups and things like that, but not so much like for the dads on mothers groups because the dads are going through the same thing. Just as you say, they they're going off to work, coming home sometimes with a screaming baby and you know someone that's you know the wit sand and things like that. As soon as they walk in the door, you're like, here you go, his baby. And they're like, I've just had a full day of work. And then, and things like that. It's, it's tough on both sides. And I know like on our end, we're like, we've had a kid all day. And they're like, well, we've been full on at work. And mm. it's that hard thing on both sides. It's, com- the juggle yeah, is, it's competition. It's competition. Yeah. It's competition. It, the juggle's real on, on both sides. And it's hard because you both feel that you, you know, you've had an equally, you know, you've had a hard day and, and things as well. Yeah, I just think I think communication is everything and we see a marriage counsellor, like I've seen psychologists for years, I've had kinesiologists, you know, we talked about that support village. I include the psychologist and the kinesiologist and even my physio would be included in my business support because it's like, you know, if I don't have a strong body like or if yeah. I've got a bad neck, I can't work, you know. If I don't have a good mind, I can't I can't work and if I'm not processing things well and I can't work. So I include all of that as part of my my business support, but also my life support. And yeah, the counseling, I just I think it should be mandatory for anyone having a child. It's like, especially, you know, relationship management. It's just, it's just communication. And, you know, we said it to my parents in law and they were kind of like worried. And I was like, this is gonna help us. Like you don't want to get to the point where it's needed. It's not needed. It's just gonna be beneficial. And we've actually found someone we really like talking to and it helps us to, yeah, even with the organising stuff and talking about managing needs and and that sort of thing and gives us at least the container to have those harder conversations. And all parents, I think even like all, all relationships go through it, I'm sure at some point. And if you don't, well done, but I'm <sighs> sure there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of stuff under the surface and I, I would say a lot of healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that if you're, you would know like everyone's had those moments in their relationships and things like that. And it's, you know, I think it's the one thing you're right. It's not spoken about enough of of how tough it is of when a kid comes in that, that first, particularly I think 12 months as you're starting to get to know each other, your lives are changing. The kids are changing so much. Then returning back into work for the, generally for the female. And it's, that's just a whole other dimension of when you communication is just integral mm-hmm. and needing to work and, and, you know, really work together. And I think that's also where more dads taking on parental leave, you hear Mm. the stories that when they're realizing that they're, you know, looking after the kids and playing that dad role, they're like, oh my goodness, there's so much more to it than they realize. And I've heard then the stories of it being a little bit more equal as a result, because as you're saying, Mm. they realize they're taking on that mental load. They're, they're respecting and understanding. Oh yeah. So then maybe then level out some of that work but it's still tough and 
relationships are impacted. It's not the focus about when you're coming kid, there's so many like all the appointments and things like that's all mm. new. But there's all that sometimes there's things around the periphery that aren't spoken about. Absolutely. And that's like, I mean, that's the same for business. Like I said, you know, there's things that don't necessarily feel like they are specific element. Of, like, you know, we go accounting, marketing, uh, sales, you know, like certain departments of a business that you would expect to be there. But there's other things that help or that contribute that you really need or like investing in, you know, and it took me 10 years to invest in like a coach. I didn't even think of that as a thing. And funnily enough, now I am a coach. You know? yeah. So I loved it so much. I do it. But, you know, having that person who can really like look into your business and be there with you and, and, and life stuff comes up too in that. And, and people try to separate the whole business and life thing. It's like, it just doesn't work like that. That's what they thought happened in the sixties, you know, leave your personality at the door and you come to work and then you go home and switch off. And it's like, no. And especially as a business owner, like hell no. So and why working wouldn't from we home talk, now with COVID? Yeah. Why wouldn't we talk about our lives and why wouldn't mm. we talk about our children and other things that are going on? You know, we both in the one roof network and it was lovely on a call the other day where a woman shared openly that she kind of was like, it's not really a work thing, but this is what's happening in my world. And it's like, but of course that's affecting you in work and, and life. And thank you for sharing that and coming so vulnerably. And, you know, it actually lifted the weight of the world off her shoulders, just saying it out loud. And it's like that in business too, having people, I used to call them virtual office buddies, you know, people, because I have worked predominantly on my own for such a long time. So when COVID came, it wasn't really, was not a new thing to me, but yeah, I try to have the thing on my phone. We talked about me being organized where I have a do not disturb from 9.30 p.m. to 7 a.m. with the belief that I will stop using my phone at that time and start going to bed. It very rarely happens. I actually have to remove my phone from the room to do that. But my uh, do not disturb just decided to come on halfway through our interview. So that's where I went and I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I have to oh. myself. that's another one of my, yeah, managing, you have to manage yourself and manage your time. But it's, it's really shifted for me in terms of with running the business. I used to have early mornings or late evenings, which probably isn't that healthy really, but where I could catch up work or, or do extra or whatever. And now with unpredictability of sleep for me and for my son, I just don't have that time anymore. And it's like, you just, you realize how important productivity is and how important prioritizing is. And if you've got a window of time that you've allotted to work, you got to use it because otherwise it's gone. Like, and it goes quickly, but you've got to set those boundaries. I think certainly as a working mom in all parts of your life, between work, family, yourself and, and your kids, because if you, if you lose that and it starts encroaching, then yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous slide. It, yeah. And I, I literally, at the moment, I just don't have the capacity. I'm just, you know, my son is 13 months. So I'm just still in that quite tired stage. So I just don't have the energy to do it. And so it's like, I've really got to use the work day when he's being taken care of for whatever time I've set and get what I can do done. But I've also learned to let go of a lot of stuff. I think there were lots of things that I probably did that weren't necessarily, there were things I liked doing or love to be a part of, but you kind of get like, no, nah, I don't have time for that. What has to get done today and what is income generating or client serving or, or, you know, someone's going <laughs> to, 
kill the deck cliff if I don't do like that's that's kind of the limit and then everything else is a nice to have so it's helped me prioritize like a, a way that I could never have done before children and that was something that was a real interesting reflection of the before and after of running a business with a child like yeah I thought that I could prioritize before and I thought I knew what I wanted for the business and you know where I wanted to take it and I just in the last you know I started back in May last year so it's about seven months eight months I've moved my business way further forward in such a short time than I ever could have before I think because I I'm just so much better at prioritizing and my my priority is spending time with my son and that's non-negotiable and the life that I'm creating I didn't have a child to not be with him so I'm working three days a week and I don't really want that to change and so I need to build my business around that and it's um it's working and I want it to keep working like that and I'm just I see the future I want and I want it even more because I want it for him it's a reality now you know that's awesome I love and those that listen to the podcast for for quite a while will have heard me say this so many times about knowing your why and knowing your values and I think by being clear on that, it really helps with understanding mum guilt and understanding why you work and, and what you're actually working for as well. You're not just on the hamster wheel. Everyone's on the hamster wheel, but you understand why sometimes you may be just running at 100 times miles an hour, but of actually doing that. And also helps with delineating those key parts of your life and separating, you know, right, this is work time, this is family time and creating those boundaries because otherwise... We can just be getting mum guilt and, you know, it's the whole classic, oh, I should be, I should be working or I should be with my kids and things like that. But when you know, like I know for myself personally, I'm a much better mum when I'm working. I see it as quality time with my kids rather than quantity and I'm, I'm on. Like, you know, at the moment my kids are waking up really early in the morning and I used to, like before I went back to work after mat leave, I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm starting my day at like 530 but my mindset in the last few weeks as I've come back from that leave is like, well, I've actually now got probably two and a half hours with the boys before they go off to childcare and things like that. So it's, and I, they get home from, you know, childcare and they're just ratty, they're tired and actually no fun. But in the morning I'm like, well, I'm actually looking at this differently because mm. I can then actually spend quality time with the kids before they actually, and then because the evenings they're crap. So I was like, well, I've actually reframed it a bit less resentful of my husband who's sleeping because then I'm actually, I've got that quality time and I'm definitely a better mum because I've been able to reframe. And also I know I'm probably actually getting them at their best for the whole day. That's yeah, that's beautiful. And, and that's the time that you, yeah, you want to have with them. And when you can see it like that, you know, cause I've, I've said a few times that I want to go, I finish work around three thirty, four o'clock and it's blocked out of my calendar. Now it's really lovely. Like my clients know that too. Like, Oh no, I know you have a child that you have to go pick him up. It's really nice because I am open about it. It's not like smoke and mirrors and, oh, yeah, I can have a chat now. It's like, no, no, that's my time with him. Um, my husband's like said a few times, like, why don't you just leave him later? Like, you know, they're open till six. Like you can leave him. I'm like, because I don't want to. I don't want to see him for half an hour at night. I don't want that at the end of my day. And as a business owner, I could just keep working and working and working. I like having that note. I've got to go pick him up and then getting to enjoy especially while it's summer, you know, getting to enjoy that daylight in the afternoon. And I, I take a walk with him and I get fresh air and yeah, it's a, you know, whatever excuse. <laughs> it's a nice boundary. And I've had boundary. I had, I thought I had boundaries before, but yeah, when you become a mama bear, they become pretty firm. And I mean, for me, that's been the case. They have, 
like you don't cross my family <laughs> you don't cross my, my baby and my family time like I don't like I really like that yeah I'm really enjoying that part that side of it and like you said you just being able to to make it work and and see what works for you and, and what you enjoy and what works for your family and when they're there at their best and that's the beauty of it yeah now just changing gears slightly a big part of of being like a new mum, as we've spoken about already, our identity shift is often massive. Like, as you said, we go from one person that we think we know what it's going to be, our lives are going to be pre-kids. Once Bub arrives, our lives are just changed forever and our identity, our confidence and things like that. And the way we show up is also very different. And I know that you do a lot of work around personal branding. So how can, like, and it's not even something you can necessarily prepare for, but as working mums, how can we really help manage that shift? And I know it's also probably a bit of internal work as well as the external side of it as well about the way that we view ourselves because the more confident we are internally, we're actually, that's going to then show on to others about, you know, yep, cool, I'm confident, you know, I am a working mum and I'm proud of it. I know when I returned back after my first mat leave, I was a bit near in my confidence but now I'm actually quite proud to say, yes, I'm a working mum. I work part-time and I will stand up for it as well. But I know, and it's taken me a little bit to actually get there and I'm still not where I want to be in that confidence level, but even the identity shift as well, because you've gone from maybe as what you said, full-time, part-time hours, own business and things like that. There's so much that changes in your identity as a mum. How can we manage manage all that I know it's a very heavy question no no I love it and I it was something that I I think some of the work I guess the work I was doing on myself throughout my pregnancy was like I was fighting so you know fiercely to hold on to myself and it was really um, an education to other people because you know they just like I said I don't want to be put in the mum box like mum is going to be something that I am but it's not all that I am and I just say that I'm like first and foremost we are I am Emma and I always introduce myself as Emma, but you find like here people go, so tell me about who you are. And the first thing they would say, like, you know, when you ask me who I am, often would say, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a that. Maybe the last thing we business owner, but it's like, you actually probably didn't even say your name. Like, who are you? You are you, you are you as a person. And actually reading children's books that I just literally read a Sesame Street one about calling you are you. I'm like, this gold marketing material for me in these books but we get these beautiful messages when we're children about you are you you are unique all those things that make up you are you and then over life all these roles and titles get piled onto us and we take all these different positions we've had in work girlfriend friend joe's mate like you get all these different titles and then we get hidden underneath them when it's like just come back to who you are I am Emma. And so some of the work I'm doing with people is rediscovering that. But I got a really, I had a real sort of moment of clarity a few months after I'd had my son and someone said to me, so how are you liking your new identity of mother? And I was like, or your new role of mother. And I was like, you know, mother is a piece of me. And it's like, when you think of a puzzle, you know, we have all these pieces in a puzzle, whether it's a 10 piece puzzle, whether it's a thousand piece puzzle. And probably by the time your mother age, you probably have a thousand pieces. With all these, and you think about those pieces, they, they are the, the experiences you've had, they are the skills you have, they are, they are the 
work that you've had, the, the relationships that you've had, all these pieces. And when you put them together, you get to see the full picture, the beautiful picture that is you. And so, you know, it's a pretty big piece. It's a pretty big chunk. It's a big corner of the puzzle is my son and is, is me as a mother, but it's not all of me. And it's, you need all of those pieces. And so I guess what I help people do is to rediscover all of those pieces, find all the pieces of the puzzle, probably half them un, under the couch or in the kid's nappy yeah. bag or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> find those pieces that are you and show that beautiful full picture, the holistic picture. And, you know, the other thing I think people, it's like you don't have to tell the whole story when you meet someone. We don't have time to tell the whole story and nor do you want to sit and hear somebody's 10 minute, 10 minute elevator pitch. When we're meeting someone and you're telling them who you are, you're sparking conversation. So you get to choose the part of the story, the piece of the story, the piece of the puzzle that you want to share. And if in that moment it is mother or if it is business owning mother or if it's working mother or if it's, I don't know, woman who just needs a hug, like whatever that piece of the puzzle, like you, that you're just sharing a piece, you start like, you know, it's a spark. It's a starting the fire. And I literally did a post today about find things that make you feel like you. And mm. so I guess if you're, if you want to go back to basics, just think of those things that you really, really love. And it's a hard question. I got asked it in the first six months of being a mom. And I, I did was like, what do you enjoy? And I was like, things that I enjoy have shifted. And I don't know, I, I found it hard to answer, but I can tell you it's, I love travel and I love and having a traveler's mindset and I love rainbow colored bright things, which is why I do bright colored nails. You can't see it's a podcast, but I have bright colored nails and I wear rainbow mermaid tights because it, it feels like me and that is me. And if I'm on a plane or, you know, if I need to feel that, I'll look at a photo of me traveling. Like there's ways to get in touch with the thing that feels like you. And so I guess find the things that really light you up that feel like you and that excite you and even having that there would just give you the confidence and, and reconnection to yourself. And what about from an identity shift at work where people may go, oh, you used to you know, be you of say Emma level at the start and then now you're Emma with a child. Like there's, there's people that put, you know, biases and put you in a box, so to speak. And how do, can you manage others' perceptions and identity you know, around your identity shift. There's, yeah, two things on that. It's funny. Like I think one of the things I say is like (laughs) what other people think of you is none of your business. So it's like (laughs) you are you and you're doing what you're doing. And if they think that you have changed since coming back to work, well, quite frankly, you probably have. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, I, I am different now. Like, you know, a friend said about one of our really dear friends, she's like, well, she hasn't changed at all. And I, I wouldn't have expected her like to just like you happen. And I was like, well, actually we've changed a lot. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still us, but our priorities have changed a lot. And the things that we focus on have changed a lot. And, you know, the way that we might've interacted does change and that's okay. It's still me, but you know, so yes, she was right in the essence of that. We are still ourselves, but there is a huge change. So if they're going to, if they don't like what they're experiencing now, that's up to them. And that's kind of, their problem, I guess. But in terms of, I get how you're having that conversation going, yeah, I'm now a mom and and sharing that, you know, the thing is we're in control of the story and we're in control of the narrative and the way that personal brand works after saying that it doesn't matter what people think, the way that your personal brand works is if you think about a Venn diagram, you've got one side is how others people see you. 
The other side is how you see yourself. And in the middle is personal brand. So it is the combination of the two. And so people are going to see you a certain way and you're going to project yourself a certain way. What we want to do is make sure they're aligned, you know, and what you're putting out is what people are receiving. And so in that respect, you do have control over what you're saying and how you present yourself and how you feel about yourself and how you talk about yourself. And even when I shifted, I, I, my business was focused on marketing, PR, copywriting, social media, my old elevator pitch. And then I shifted to personal branding, bringing in all of those elements and, and, and taking that into my coaching. And I went to do a speaking gig and I was like, what do I say? Like, how do I introduce myself? And I actually went up to a fellow member of this event and she was a speaker. I said, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I say? Like, I'm Emma Lovell and I have lovely communications and I do personal branding and I do this. And like, she's like, why don't you say I'm Emma Lovell and I'm a personal branding coach? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and like, who's going to argue with me? Like, did somebody come up and be like, are you really? You know, that's what I, I if you people are going to believe, if you believe and you know it, they're going to believe what you tell them. So I think it's, I guess, you feeling okay with that at first. And I know that I, when my son went to kindy, I sort of decided whether I was, I was when it was that first day that he went to kindy and I was like, oh, do I put this out there? And like, what do people think? And that sort of thing. And then I was like, you know what? No, I am going to put this out there because it's important. It's a huge day in my life that I'm, you know, starting back at work probably and that my child's going to kindergarten and, you know, it's like like we've said before, if, if one woman reads this and it makes her feel okay about the fact that she's going to go to work and that she's putting her child in childcare, he was quite young, four and a half months. If she reads that and she's okay with it, then I'm, I'm really happy about that. And, you know, I want my clients and colleagues to know that that's, this is what I'm doing in order to show up and this is the life that I have. And so I think you, you still might have that dialogue or you might have that, oh, what will people think? But ultimately well, how do you feel about it? How do you want to feel about it? It's your narrative. You're in control. Take that control and share it. And if people don't like it, see ya. Yeah, it's so true. Actually, someone spoke to me today and they're going, oh, so have you come back full time? And I was like, no. And he goes, oh, well, how many days a week you work? I said three. And he goes, oh, okay, right. So which days are they? And I said, right, okay, these are the days. And he goes, okay, right. I'll make sure I don't call you on the other days. And I was like, yes, that's good. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's, um, boundary. No, he's, he's, it's boundary setting. But also he was like, no, okay, that's good. And even if I then reply to an email on other other days, he'll, he'll then actually tell me off and say, no, don't mm. do that because this is very clear. But yeah, it's one of those things also I'm saying it going, yeah, I'm working three days and these are the days. And he go, and I felt like going, Actually, it was funny because in myself, I felt guilty of, of going no three. Mm. But I'm like, no, I need to own the narrative because two nights ago, I was on a global call and I was standing up for part-time mums of actually what it means. And mm. just because we work part-time, don't view us differently when it comes back to the identity piece. Just because we're working that, what's it to say that we're not as just as productive and have the same amount of outputs as someone that works five, like, you know, five days a week. There's hours, yes, that, that are there, but who knows actually how productive some people are for all those hours. As we know, working mums are massively productive. Not at all. And it's that, it's like, it's coming back to that. I say, let's remove the word just like, mm. I'm just doing part-time. I, it's just my side hustle. I hate the word side hustle. Anyway, by the way, I'm just doing this. It's like, no, you're working. You're a working mother. You're working full stop. You are running a business. 
whether it be on the side or small or whatever, or I'm just running a small business. No, I'm running a business. Like remove the word just. And it's like, as I said, you're in control of the words that you use and how you describe yourself. So it's, so do you work? Yes, I'm a working mum. End of like, you know, whether you want to continue the conversation at part-time, full-time, but why does that even need to be part of it? Unless, you know, you're in the process of talking to someone about the job, but generally how we're talking, oh, I'm just working part-time. Like, why did you, we didn't need to say that. Or I've just started my business. Like, I think there's a lot of um, apologizing in advance or, or downplaying or diminishing that sort of thing. And it's like, again, that not only does that change the narrative for them, but it's, it's you're saying that stuff to yourself. So you I think it's what we also tell, you know, we, we often as, particularly I think also as females, we'll try and downplay a lot of things because we yeah. don't, it's also probably that little bit of tall poppy syndrome of, oh, I don't want to look too confident or I don't want to look like you know, there's that little bit of, oh, I'm just going to go a little bit easy on myself because I don't want, I'm worried about others are going to think. and Yeah. But then, you know, and then, and then like, you know, if that's a protective thing that says that, but then you'll start, we start to believe that too, you know, that's the, com- that's, the story you're telling yourself as well. So the words that we say to ourselves are just as important as the words we say to others. And one of the exercises that I get my clients to do and I love and I share it quite often is the I am exercise. Like it is one of the biggest things. <laughs> so my clients getting them to say their name, I am Emma and I do this, you know, or I am Emma and I am passionate, professional, lovely. Like there'll be tears after they say that, you know, like just saying those words about themselves or they'll, I get them to do this exercise as well where they ask five people for three words about them and some of the words that come back. Generally, most of the words are quite lovely, but really great descriptive words and, and words that they might not have like used. And I say, okay, do you believe those words? And they say, yeah. And I say, do you believe that that person says those words about you? Yeah. Can, do you believe those words about yourself? No. Or can, or can you say those words? Like say, I am creative. I am intelligent. I am determined. I am beautiful. I am knowledgeable. I'm an expert. No. So like a big part of my work is getting people to be able to say I am. And so there's this excellent exercise. I'd I'd love to give it to your listeners as well. Put a timer on five minutes, put some nice music on in the background, a couple deep breaths, and then write I am and whatever comes next. And you can write it like I am and it turns into a paragraph or you can write I am, I am, I am, I am. And it might start as I am tired, I am writing, I am not sure what this is about, (laughs) I am am a business owner, I am a mum, I am struggling today but I'm doing okay, I am. And like it tends to turn positive but it's, it's a writing prompt, it's a prompt to get it out. But then you go back through that and some of the things that come out are actually really beautiful and it's just a nice way to like just get back into you and to focus in the moment and getting into the habit of of saying I am that's so powerful and the stories we tell ourselves particularly as mums are just sometimes our mind can be our best friend but at the other flip of the switch it can be <laughs> our absolute worst nightmare yeah yeah and it comes back to that like what would you would you say that to someone else would you tell the mum that she didn't do a good enough job today or she didn't show up for her kids or she's choosing work over her family. Would you say No, that? we wouldn't say it to someone else. No, no, but we tell it to ourselves every single day. And we really do, as mums, collaboratively need to actually reframe that thinking because we are actually doing amazing jobs. We're just where we need to be at that particular point in time. We're raising kids. We've 
we've had children, regardless of how we've pushed them out and things like that, you know, we've, we've done amazing things and still continue to do amazing things for our kids and ourselves every single day. Absolutely. And yeah, like, I think, I think, you know, get a buddy, get an accountability buddy and just write to them every day. You are amazing. And, you know, and then say, I am amazing. I'm amazing. You are amazing. Have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing an amazing job. I am an amazing mom. Yes, you too. Bye. Love you. (laughs) Now, my challenge for you, if you're listening to this episode right here, right now, text a friend saying you are amazing. Remind yourself you're amazing. And if you've done it, tag both Emma and I on say your various social platforms, because we'd love to hear you actually tagging or reminding someone that you are amazing. So I'm literally going to do it too. That's like, I'm like, it's fun. I'm thinking right now, the people I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell people that's fun. (laughs) So I'm actually going to take a photo right now. So we're doing this live on the podcast. Here we are. And I'm going to put this up. So when this episode comes out, I'm going to tag, put this photo up. And so then we're actually going to tag everyone. So it can actually be, hopefully with this chain, you write, remind everyone that you're amazing because you know what? Moms don't get told in enough. So that's something out of today's episode. I love it. And you are amazing, Karina. And the fact that you're holding this space for all these women and having these conversations, it's, it's beautiful. It's really important. Thank you. Thank you very much. And even that's another thing we don't accept you know, feedback and things yes, like that. The so correct response is thank you. The correct to a compliment. Thank you. No buts, no, no just, just thank you. Yes. Well done. <laughs> thank you. I did actually have other things going through my head, right? So I was going to say no. <laughs> so Emma, what do you do for self-care? Oh, yeah. See, I told you that was, uh, that was a question that maybe, maybe pause. Really, honestly, I, I go back to basics, sleep, like put myself to bed. You know, it sounds sort of like naff, but like eat good food. I don't, like I'm not one of those people who's like, I feel great when I eat good food. I just know that I feel crap when I don't eat good food. So <laughs> trying not to feel crap is like my goal. I do get my nails done. I really love that. Um, especially now I can't take my son in there. So it is a time where I have to go on my own. And I'll like listen to a podcast or something like that. And then I get them properly done. So it's like four weeks of joy and I get to pick the color. And then each time I look at it, it makes me happy. So yeah. And then I think talking to other women is self-care. Like sometimes my husband will be like, you're on your phone, you're on the phone. I'm like, I'm actually getting support. So me sending voice memos, voice memos are amazing. If you're not onto voice memos yet, get into it as a mum with minimal hands is so helpful. I uh, just have a few girlfriends and even a couple of cousins and we just voice memo each other. And, you know, that, I think that self-care is like being honest and, and talking out. And it's almost like journaling, like verbal journaling <laughs> where I'm at and I feel better after that. So I think that's, you know, making time for those honest conversations. That's, that's care for me. Definitely. And we need to be having more of those honest conversations is what we've already spoken about. Now, Emma, how can people t- get in touch with you and lovely communications? So the best place at the moment is probably Instagram. I'm really having fun on there, really, with my reels as well. Uh, so that's at lovelycoms. Don't forget the double L. So it's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y-C-O-M-M-S. Otherwise, my website has a bunch of information, a lot of rainbow, if you like bright, bright colors, you won't miss it. You'll definitely know it's me. So that's <laughs> lovelycommunications.com. And then I actually have a Facebook group. So if people are starting to think about their personal brand or want some just 
Want some You Are Amazing messages from me and some bursts of love? Uh, Live and Love Your Brand is my um, is my group. So, you know, come on over for some love. Sensational. Thank you so much for such a broad-ranging chat today. <laughs> We've spoken about, I've taken notes here, We've taken about from managing businesses, losing identities, husbands with postnatal depression, counselling relationships about when we have kids, the puzzle identity of of mums, and really then personal branding and about you doing you and that reminding you that you are amazing. So when I actually go through that, we've had such an amazing chat. Thank you so much for it because it's been so informative. We've we've really been very productive with our time about I what know. we've done. We've talked about. So thank you so much. It's been so broad ranging and so impactful. So thank you so much, Emma, and best of luck with everything in the future for you because I know you're going to keep smashing it as what you have since your son was born and reach for those goals as what you want to achieve. Thank you. And thank you for holding space, as I said, to be able to have these really important conversations and some of those things have been coming up a lot lately. So to be able to talk about it in this forum and, you know, if if one person listening gets something out of it, I'm so happy about that. So thank you for having this platform and, and for having me here. My pleasure. Thank you and have a good night. Bye. I'm recording this late at night. Thank you. <laughs> Mum life. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.